You're listening to Payday, the global payroll podcast from CloudPay. And I'm your host, David Barak. Welcome to another episode of the Payday podcast. Now, normally we have these episodes be evergreen, so they're as relevant to you today as they may be in a year or two. But today's episode is special. It was requested by a lot of our listeners, and today we're going to focus on COVID-19 and its impact on business continuity. Payroll professionals take an immense amount of pride in in the work they do. Now they have the added responsibility of ensuring people in a really challenging time do get their salary and their pay and their money in their accounts. There's a lot of people working very long hours, having children at home. They're obviously a little bit anxious from the from the situation outside as well. Um, but I think, you know, it's really helping them to, to feel proud about what they're doing and, and put in that extra level of commitment that we need right now to, 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 to all put in um, to ensure people that, that need it the most are getting their salaries paid correctly. In organisations, it's really easy to to be focusing on one particular uh, risk that you're, you're trying to mitigate when there's lots of them that are actually circling with when you're actually dealing with lots of different systems. It's not just payroll, um, but it's lots of different individuals and it's people inside and outside of your organization that you need to make sure is joined up in that process. It is crucial right now and during this period to identify risk, evaluate it and work to, to mitigate it, right? And I think that communication is key. We've put together a very interesting panel today of payroll practitioners that will give us insight into how they're managing payroll across the globe, how they're helping organizations navigate the challenges that exist in their regions. Um, and with that, let me start by introducing the panel. Carlos, why don't we start with you? Could you introduce yourself uh, to our listeners a little bit about what you do here and where you're located? Sure, absolutely. Thank you very much. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Carlos Maroto. I'm the payroll director for the Americas region, and I'm actually located in the uh, Costa Rica San Jose office. Uh, I'm in charge of the operation for our offices in San Jose, Costa Rica, and Raleigh, North Carolina in the United States. Thank you, Carlos. Welcome to your debut. Um, And we also have a longtime returning participant, John. Uh, Could you introduce yourself again? Sure. Great to be back. Uh, I'm John Pierce. I'm the Senior Vice President of Payroll and Treasury at CloudPay. I've been with the business for just over 13 years, and I'm looking after all of our customers and their employees globally, ensuring they get uh, correct payroll calculation and salary on time. Welcome back to the show, John. And we also have another new participant, um, Rosalind. Welcome to the show as well. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for that, David. Um, I'm Rosalind Guy. I'm the um, the EMEA Senior Program Manager, and I'm based out of our Andover office, and uh, where I'm heading up the team of implementation consultants and project managers getting ready uh, the payrolls ready to hand over to John's teams. Thank you, guys, and welcome to the podcast. Now, these are trying times, to say the least. You may be wondering how your payroll organization can navigate COVID-19, what long-term impact it may have on your operations, what you should do if you're in the middle of a payroll implementation, and how to keep up with all of the legislative changes that are being introduced by almost every government that's trying to mitigate the impact of this pandemic. We can't unpack 
all of these questions in this one episode. But we thought we'd focus this episode on three themes. Let's start with theme one, making virtual connections. Now let's talk about working remotely. Global payroll faces the difficulty of delivering a business-as-usual outcome with many of its practitioners away from the office. And with remote working becoming the new normal for at least the foreseeable future, your ability to carry on payroll depends as much on your organization's ability to engage its employees as it does on your technology and your processes. So how do you stay connected around your work? And what are some of the things that have changed or perhaps stayed the same as we move to virtual collaboration? That's the topic we want to explore in theme one. And with that, let me turn my attention to the panel. Carlos, do you want to start us off on this topic? Thank you, David. Yes, um, actually, I think that during this period, it's crucial to stay in touch with your teams on a daily basis. Using cameras during these times is, is almost a must. Um, so you can avoid isolation, right, and have a more personal uh, touch or more personal contact with your team members, customers, and, and service partners. I think, uh, and something that we have been doing here is uh, at the beginning of every meeting, spending five minutes asking them, hey, how are you? How's your family? How are things in your city, in your country? And to, to, to understand the personal situation that everyone is, is passing through, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that this is this create those connections uh, that you need with uh, with all of those uh, participants in your operation uh, that makes easier to uh, to get through these times. Yeah, I think um, historically, when, maybe when we joined conf calls and the customers had cameras off, um, I'm seeing a lot more of them just turning up with cameras on, and, and typically we follow their lead. Or if they don't have their camera on, I'll perhaps just turn mine on anyway. Mm -hmm. So I echo Carlos's point there i think that that's really important to try and do that to try and stay connected i think just as much for your own well-being as theirs and it clearly helps when there is no kind of physical contact to to have a, a an honest and beneficial productive conversation with a customer or with your partners or, or just with your own team members so i'm seeing that really go up um hopefully the bandwidth around the world can support that you know there's a number of great um products you can use for the video calls um but yeah i think it's that 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 aspect of it is working really well um obviously we've got kind of whatsapp groups set up so we can stay connected even if we're just mobile not that we're going anywhere fast but um in the evenings and early mornings we can still stay in contact with, with our, our teams as well using other methods of communication yeah and uh you know, we're we're obviously recording this podcast all in different places, far, far away. I would say we're a little bit more than six feet away from each other <laughs> on different continents here. But I think the other thing that's become really interesting, and I'd love to get your your thoughts on it, guys, is uh, you know everyone's at home. You're seeing family. You're seeing uh, a lot of two-legged and four-legged uh, friends that were not part of business conversation before coming into the spotlight, coming into the view of the camera. How has that, uh, how has that kind of changed the way we're interacting with partners, customers, or even our own teams? Yeah, I think it, if, particularly from an implementation perspective, that which can be quite a stressful time when you're doing implementing something new, um, it's, it's, um, 
cutting through any of the stresses that you might have. Um, I'll give you an example. One of my team members was um, uh, had a child in, in the background and uh, he, he, he didn't have his camera on. He said but he had to mention to the customer, so I'm, I'm wearing a crown at the moment. So it, it adds enjoyment um, and cuts through the, the basis of what, what's happening. So people are bringing their work environment as it's such it as it is in at home into um, what would normally be quite a faceless um, conversation where now people are putting on those cameras. Uh, so it, it's putting a bit more of a, an emotional connection between people now. Yeah, Rosaline, it's interesting that you mentioned that actually in a, in a call that I had, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, one of my team members uh, was of course working from home and one of her puppies wanted to be part of the <laughs> of the conversation. So yeah, you're right. That adds a, a more personal touch to the, to the, uh, to the meetings. Uh, now everybody knows that she likes puppies and, and that make actually that conversation, uh, more, even easier. Yeah. It's changing the tone of if there are any challenging conversations happening there, it, it cuts through them and it makes it more, much more on a personal level and people are being much more considerate. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's kind of an element of uh, unifying element around all of this, right? That's kind of made business a lot more human um, in, in how we interact with our customers as well. Up to now, I would have never seen the family of maybe a customer. And, and now it's normal. I'm on a call and I might get a wave from a hand off from the side that, um, that is their kid, right? There, there's, there's a way that this has brought a level of humanity and a level of familiarity to a lot of the conversations with our customers and uh, even with, with you guys, with, uh, with some of uh, my coworkers. So I think that, that that has a lasting effect. I think once we're all back, there may be an expectation and a comfort level around being that open and vulnerable uh, with each other uh, that I think will be quite a positive way uh, that we emerge out of this, out of this situation. Yeah, I'm finding that in some of my teams, up to 70% of the team are at home with, with kind of children from six months old up until 15 years old, each with their own set of requirements uh, that their uh, parents, my team members, uh, are working around and still managing to deliver a very professional service under a very challenging time. But I think everybody who I've come into contact with over the last few weeks while, while this has been in, in place has naturally just developed a higher tolerance level for these kind of things. There's a lot of empathy going around, a lot of a kind of a we're in it together concept. So I, I've, I think that it's it's really helped. Um, and I don't think it's it certainly ha I, calls I've been on where, where the child, the dog, the cat, or all three have wandered past and sat themselves down and become involved have had any kind of negative impact at all. Um. I wanted to turn the discussion, staying in theme one around uh, virtual connections. There's a lot of things in payroll that require in-person activity, whether that's in a particular country, whether it's oriented around what employers do for their employees, starter issues, lever issues. How are you seeing some of that play out with both the processes we follow for our own customers, but also how this is being addressed in countries by by payroll practitioners. Um, so certainly we do, we used to have uh, a lot of services or some of our in some countries where we would be printing 
physical checks or phys physical forms and posting them out. Um, we can no longer get into our offices to do that printing anymore. Um, so we've had to quickly find a way around that. We're using our cloud-based platform. It's the way we distribute most of those forms anyway. About 99% of our, our, our pay slips and other forms are going electronically. Um, so we've just had to work with our customers to understand the challenge their side that, that kind of needed the posting and, and how can we work around that and enable their employees to, to get into our into our cloud-based application to have uh, digital access to those, those pay slips instead. And yeah, that's been quite easy to do for, from our side, but I, I'm, I'm sure there's some, well, I know there is some more harder things to do in some of the, some other countries where filings and payments with payroll related tax are a bit more complicated. And in one country that is facing that situation is actually Venezuela, where there's still some uh, regulatory payments that has to be done on site, like going to the bank with the cash and doing the payment. And of course, that is not possible at this moment. So those are the kind of situations that my team and the, our service partners are facing right now and the kind of situations where we got to look for alternatives. The good thing is that the governments are bringing a lot of solutions, a lot of flexibility on payments uh, that are helping us to go through those moments. Also, I think this is a moment that makes us uh, think outside the box. Uh, in other situations, for example, when uh, that we have to sign a paper uh, contracts, for ex for example, or stuff like that, uh, it's making us think like, can we do it virtually, like with DocuSign? Or, for example, if one customer at a certain point requested uh, printed uh, payslips, it is making them think, do we really need paper payslips for these customers, or can we just do it like? electronic payslips. So I think that this is there are things that are going to go out uh, good from this situation. I think that you're right, Carlos, that that will happen. And, you know, an example in Europe is where Denmark, that the, a partner that can't get in to print the actual payslips, as John was saying, but th they still need those payslips. But right now, that's not an option. So payslips are electronic, even if it's a if it's a requirement in that country that you must have um, a physical payslip, that that obviously, understandably, is not actually happening. We have had other challenges with where um, entities can't be set up because obviously different government um, uh, are actually not set up to be able to set up those entities without physically receiving those those documents, and that obviously isn't happening. So. You've got one end, one of the one end of the scale where you have um, the person who receives their payslip, and the other end of the scale is when we're trying to implement um, projects and we can't do that because we don't even have the entity configured ready um, with all the relevant paperwork in in that country. Um, and we've also had other ones where we have had. Uh, where people haven't actually been able to travel to the relevant country and have their medical to be able to then start um, their particular role. So it's not just around the actual physical pieces of documents, it's actual, can you actually get there as well? Let's turn our attention to theme two, staying current on legislative changes. Now, how you monitor and respond to new emergency legislation in each of the countries in which you operate 
could make a huge difference on how your company navigates this pandemic. It'll have a huge impact on what kind of shape your business emerges in on the other side of this. And given the speed at which the landscape is currently moving, I wanted to ask the panel, what are some of the suggestions and examples of how payroll organizations are adapting to all of the legislative changes that are being introduced? We are actually working on an initiative for our customers to help them, help them stay current with all the changes that are happening right now. So what we're doing is that we're gathering information in a dashboard, information that we're getting from our service partners, uh, we're getting from the different payroll associations in different countries, and of course, from our team members. We're putting all that information together or those uh, regulatory changes and, and new laws that are in the different countries and putting all together uh, at the service of our customers in a dashboard that they can access uh, on a daily basis so they can find all the, the information and all the details there. It is, it is very important that uh, our customers go through that information because we only give them the, the high level overview, right? It's important that they take that information and review with their HR departments, with their legal departments, and to circulate around with their customers, with their employees as well, because there are decisions that they got to take, right? Because some of those uh, changes are actually optional, where, for example, in some countries, they are extending the periods to pay taxes, but you as a customer, you got to take the decision if you got to, if you want to. Uh, keep paying on time or you want to take that option of paying uh, on future months the current taxes so so yeah we are putting that information together also we are uh, hosting uh, calls two times a week for all of our customers that want to join where we provide all the the latest uh, updates uh, through a, a PowerPoint presentation for them to stay current. So all the customers are welcome on those. We are holding those regionally. So Carlos, that's a really good call out. And for those of you listening, if you'd like to see some of these updates, you can go to cloudpay.net slash COVID-19 and you'll see country-specific legislative changes that are being introduced. A lot of them are linked directly to the source material so you can get more information on that and filter it just to the countries you want to see. So I wanted to just leave you with that in case you're interested and don't already have a resource you can use. Yeah, and I think it's really important that as a global payroll provider, we we play a, a strong role in making sure our customers, particularly where they, they may not have local HR on the ground with easy access to all this information, we, we play a crucial role of gathering that information, passing it along. So so our customers and the businesses they run have the best chance of making the right decisions for them, whatever circumstances they find in themselves in. Um, so that kind of information collecting and sharing and communication is really something as a cloud-based cloud business, we can do really well now. And we, we need to really push that along as a cloud-based service organization. I think there's other ch challenges coming through. Is in Thailand, they've just reduced the uh, employer's social security contribution um, and the employees to try and give some relief, which is great. I mean, people could use the extra cash right now. Hey? Um, but what that actually means is we've got to then go and update the payroll system to, to get that configuration and to get that calculation to come through. Um, 
so it's important that we're all staying aware of that so that we can change you know when we when we're checking the validating the payroll when the customer's validating the results that we're all all expecting that reduction to be applied um and we've all got the system updated and we're keeping a lookout for any kind of um updates that go into the system in a hurry you need to keep a close eye on them because we haven't had the months and months of testing that you would normally have around kind of a year end update when typically those kind of things go into the system so there's got to be a bit more eyes on and a bit more flexibility um but but keeping that information flow going and making sure we're looking after the systems and applying the 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 kind of the relief packages that the government are, are offering um, at the, in the right way is kind of something that we can do as a payroll provider to really help our customers and, and ultimately their employees at this this time. I couldn't agree more, uh, John, there, because, it, you know, for example, was it last week we had Russia that was had suddenly had the week's holiday for everybody and but we have payrolls that needed to run so we have to look at ways and uh, means around that when a country decides that's what's happening and we have examples where we have in germany right now where uh, they're now having to collect certain information to see about um, short working hours um, and that's happening in lots of other countries as well but then there's other regulations and um, rules behind it to say well you can only have this if you have that and suddenly you've got to find out if they've actually taken all their annual leave and all of those things which you wouldn't have necessarily been collating um, that historical information before uh, so it adds complexity and it also um, can at times double the amount of processing time it takes for a payroll uh, which obviously at this time we want to make sure everyone is, is getting paid. Yeah, and Rosalind, I was just looking at the list of legislative changes by country, and there's a lot of countries here that have made changes to um, either employee or employer-oriented payroll requirements. And I'm just wondering, the governments that are putting these in place, is the expectation from them that they want organizations to make these changes quickly or, uh, or is there some leniency in the expectations around the globe? What's been your experience? I think it really depends really what um, an employer is picking up and choosing to do. So for in the, U in the UK, for example, if you're choosing to furlough some of your employees rather than laying them off, um, but obviously you're still needing to be paying all those statutory payments and those sort of things. So it, it is down to the employer themselves as to what they're looking to to take on board. Uh, if you use the airline industry as an example, you can see um, in the UK we've seen, was it 36,000 British Airways employees all furloughed? Um, you know, that makes a huge decision as to what a business is doing. Um, whereas you other see other businesses who've completely decided to lay them off, which um, obviously changes your headcount and what your provisions need to be. Uh, so I think each business needs to cho choose what it's doing and reflect whatever the uh, country's own legislation is actually requiring them to do. Yeah, actually, um, governments are doing all kinds of, of changes. For example, in Brazil, they are allowing employees to take future vacations, not only the periods that they currently have, but also future periods. So employers don't have to uh, terminate contracts with those uh, people. They can send them on vacation while there's no, no business. And also, for example, in Costa Rica, uh, government is introducing a, also a law 
that allows employers to reduce the uh, schedule of the employees to a uh, 50% if they can demonstrate that they had uh, reduced their earnings on a 20% or more. So everybody's got to be flexible during these these periods, right? Not only employees are affected, but also companies are being affected, right? You know, it's got me thinking about new starters, new starters at a company that maybe is hiring today because maybe they're in an industry where there's high need, maybe they're critical workers right now. And there are parts of the new starter process that are not controlled by the payroll organization, right? These might be background checks that need to be done. Maybe in certain countries, there are medical requirements that need to be fulfilled before someone starts. Or if you look at an internal process like the IT department setting up the laptop and the kit for a new starter, what are some of the implications uh, in, that delays in those processes may have on payroll? Are you seeing any of the repercussions there within uh, our customers? I, th I think we're seeing all sorts of things. I mean, I know in uh, countries like France, you actually have to ask the government to or, or let them know that that's what you, you need to go to a particular place and they need to agree to it. So there's all sorts of different things happening because it's not it's not the same as you You can turn up at an office and you know that you're going to be starting a job there. So you have to look at all different ways that you actually need to engage with someone to begin with. You might go to an office, hand them a laptop and off they go as a new starter. And then the next time you see them is as we are at the moment um, online. Um, it's a very different um, experience for any new, new hire. Yeah, I think we've got, particularly within the payroll teams, kind of very different training plans for, for, for new hires that have joined in the last month or so than, than typically what we would have had historically. Um, it's We'd normally be buddied up and you'd be sitting with, with your buddy and learning the ins and outs of, of the payrolls you're going to be taking over. That's no longer really possible. And so we've had to, to think our way around that. So, so John, I think you, 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 can, you mentioned Thailand. Are there lessons uh, that are regional and that kind of coincide with the movement of this virus um, that you see payroll practitioners or even organizations taking already? Um, a lot of the organizations we work are kind of global in, their, in nature, and I think they're trying to have a very globalized response. So I think, you know, I think they kind of saw what happened in China. And, and, and what I've seen is organizations that are global have taken faster action throughout their other locations than perhaps um, the kind of the domestic companies would have done over here, kind of shutting down offices before actually the government was asking them to do it because looking from around the globe, they could kind of see that was that was how, how they preserved their workforce. Um, what I'd be encouraging organizations to do is to stay in regular contact with your service providers. A bad situation right now for a global operation is to find out that your service provider in a single country has gone completely down. They've got a significant amount of the of their workforce out on medical leave and are just not able to, to function and provide that service that, that's crucial to getting the employees um, paid in that country. So stay in contact, talk through the various mitigations, make sure that you get the early heads up warning if things start to go bad for, the, for that particular service partner. And likewise, on, on, on your side as, a, as an organization providing input to this, for this payroll provider, make sure you're giving them warning if, if your staff to become, start to become sick or if you've got difficulties performing 
your part of the process because payroll is you know a very kind of um, team process with everybody needing to do their piece of the, the of the puzzle to get that that nice clean end result so really strong communication really be open and transparent with, with, with how your team's set up and and how you're prepared to deal with, with, with things and what happens if 20%, 25% of the workforce are off sick, what we are going to do and, and just have a plan in place for that. I completely agree. I mean, in organisations, it's really easy to to be focusing on one particular uh, risk that you're you're trying to mitigate when there's lots of them that are actually circling with when you're actually dealing with lots of different systems. It's not just payroll, um, but it's lots of different individuals and it's people inside and outside of your organization that you need to make sure is joined up in that process. Uh, and occasionally you, you might forget that because it, it's a process that you've just been working with for a number of years. So sometimes it, it takes you um, to think about what actually needs to actually be decided to be checked um, and do you need to review a process in, in its entirety to make sure you don't have one particular individual who is the approver overall? You may just need someone else who can step in. Thanks, Rosalind. That really sets us up for theme three, building a resilient team. For global payroll in particular, the challenge is multifaceted. On the one hand, you're tasked with tracking and responding to a wave of new emergency tax legislation across the globe. And on the other hand, you're attempting to deliver business as usual, and you're doing so from home. Now, it's a challenge that simply must be met because now more than ever, payroll has a key responsibility to the people it pays. So I wanted to get your thoughts on how global payroll departments and practitioners learn from this moment. How do global payroll departments move from merely surviving the moment to thriving? I think it's a good time to to kind of embrace the the wider payroll network. A lot of people out there in various social media, like LinkedIn's a great example. There's a lot of really good tips and hints, but right down from the how can I optimize myself working from home to the what's happening in this country or how should I treat the employees. And there's there's a great amount of uh, collaboration happening on those platforms right now, and it's really kind of quite nice to see. Um, I think. The other thing that we're learning about this, if we didn't already know, is payroll professionals take an immense amount of pride in, in the work they do. Now they have the added responsibility of ensuring people in a really challenging time do get their salary and their pay and their money on their in their in their accounts um, when they really really need it. And I think that's actually just helping the payroll professional rise even further to the challenge and deal with this in kind of the you know there's a lot of people working very long hours having children at home they're obviously a little bit anxious from the from the situation outside as well um, but i think you know it's really helping them to to feel proud about what they're doing and, and put in that extra level of commitment that we need right now to to to, to all put in um, to ensure people that that need it the most they're getting their salaries paid correctly also, I think that we all are something that we all are doing is reviewing our VCPs, going through those, uh, making sure that we got the right contacts, that you get an alternative uh, means to contact your team, at least one uh, contact uh, mobile number with your customers or your service partners, you know, in, in case something happens, because of course, right now the internet connections are probably overloaded. Uh, in, in 
in buildings uh, where people live and stuff like that. So it is important to always have alternative ways to communicate with uh, people. And, and of course, uh, making sure that you get a, a right uh, space at, at work, at home, to work from home, right? Uh, it is comfortable that you get all your tools that you need. Uh, those are some, some keys to, to keep uh, working in the right way during this period. And I think it's also important um, when you find out a team member, for example, as I did recently, who lost his internet. And um, when you're then trying to get them back up and running, that they're struggling on their side and you're trying to find all the different options available. And then they're dealing with the organization that um, they have their inter as their internet provider. And of course, there's also fear there as well. So you're dealing with lots of different things from people to, to other organizations and the impact it has on them as well. Um, so I think it's, it's about just being open to all the options that could happen right now and just not um, outwardly reacting straight away because sometimes you've got to take a breath and then go, okay, what do we do on this example right now? Yeah, and uh, and it's sort of this idea of like mitigating uh, business disruption as well, right? So, um, and I think maybe Rosalind, from your side first, you're you're managing a pipeline of new implementations, organizations who have decided that they need a change in payroll for whatever reason, they're making a move. This is a project that maybe has been on their radar for months. Date line, you know, the date's coming up. What are you seeing our customers doing right now? Are they changing their uh, moves? And and if so, and or if not, what do you recommend for those that have major projects coming up? Well, every organization will have their own challenges. Um, usually, there's a, usually a very good business case as to why you're making the change for a different um, service or solution or software that you're using. Um, so it's always good to go back to those and look at what your risk factors are for not doing it. Um, and usually the option is actually in this instance, it's probably a good thing to continue because you're looking for, for others to assist and spread the load um, with particularly with payroll. If you're using a service provider who can then um, take on that responsibility and as I say, spread that risk, but equally you might also be looking at um, whether you have to delay certain countries because there are different regulations. It impacts differently. You've decided that suddenly you want to pay um, all your team bonuses because of the type of work they're doing, um, because they're key workers in different industries. Um, and additionally to that, it's working out whether actually the, the payroll will take longer. Uh, so there's a lot more decisions actually happening during the implementation. In fact, we're finding that there's very few um, that are actually delaying. The, the, the majority of projects are staying on point with them. They might actually say we actually might need to take a bit more time in the configuration because it's slower to get the information. Um, we're not quite sure how to do it now because um, the person they normally go to, that they're working at home and they might need to get to a server for certain information. Um, so there's additional challenges that they, they might have. Um, but generally the implementations do happen. Yeah, actually, Rosalind, you, you mentioned something that is also key, that is a risk. So it is crucial right now and during this period to identify risk, evaluate it, and work to, to mitigate it, right? And I think that communication is key 
to if you identify any risk, any delay on any process, to go and call your customer, go and call your service partner, or uh, talk with your team members to understand uh, what is the risk and how can we all work together to to mitigate it, right? To to almost avoid it. So yeah, risk and communication. Yeah, um, and I wonder. As we talk about organizations' BCP plans, John, do you think companies emerge out of this with stronger BCP plans around payroll vendors, around HR vendors, and just their own even working from home arrangements and infrastructure that they provide to their employees? I think that is an absolute guaranteed outcome. I think a lot of companies have a requirement to have a documented BCP process, and a lot of them do attempt to test it to some degree. I think people are really now understanding what it's like to deal with loss of office, loss of multiple offices. Let's hope we don't have to kind of deal with loss of, of key staff, um, but certainly we're all understanding how, how of what we in theory laid out and put, put in place, how's that actually holding up? Um, and I think some companies will, will have uncovered some, some gaps and some room for improvement in their BCP plans. And I think, I think, uh, um, companies and organizations will be taking a much closer look at, at, at payroll vendors, BCP plans, and really probably chucking this as the, is the uh, key uh, example of why they really need to understand how, how that works, how they support them in difficult times. It also makes me think about how critical it's going to be to understand who performs the fundamental tasks in each process and in each location. Right, because that's going to let organizations evaluate the impact of certain staff being away or certain vendors not being available, and and the clarity that is going to need to come out of that exercise is going to be really important for future business continuity plans. You might even start to see the um, organizations will look to see what more automation that they can put in as well, because you'll you'll look at it not that you want to. Um, take a, a human out of the equation, but it's that you just want an option that, that enables that the processes do continue to run smoothly. Yeah, and I, I wonder what it means for change management as well, because you, we know that there's a lot of reluctance just in general for people to change. There's reluctance around risk-averse populations or very risky processes like payroll that, you know, that, that's a multiple of regular risk. Uh, aversion. So I wonder whether this almost takes a lot of people that were maybe on the sidelines of changing a certain process um, and now accelerates their need to adopt that. What do you guys think about that? I would certainly agree with that. I think that um, organizations will certainly be asking those questions as to whether you, you should be looking at something and rather than actually um, saying, well, it's something we can look in six months time or we'll put it on next year's, uh, you know, a list of projects that we might consider it's certainly something that's going to come to the fore and it, you'll be asking questions whether it, it's something that will impact a, a bcp plan or whether it's actually um, a cost saving it it'll have a very different uh, discussion point now whereas before you wouldn't have considered um, the totality of the uh, of having the bcp plan as part of your decision making you know in, in talking about things that organizations can do to mitigate business disruption here, is there anything particular they can do to their payroll cycles or the way they collect data for that payroll cycle? Anything you guys would recommend? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, Organizations should really be thinking hard about when they're doing a supplementary or an off-cycle run. Um, there's, there's certainly instances where you can't get around it, but really challenging the need if you've got a, a, um, a new hire that's joining after the cutoff or there's some overtime that didn't get put in time or some commission. If you're not going to put a hardship on that specific employee and allow them just to wait until the next available main run, let's try and all take a bit of pressure out of the, the payroll system and let's try and be really cautious and not overuse the off-cycle and supplementary run. It really helps payroll teams, both from inside organizations and the vendors, really focus on the critical tasks. Um, and it's, so if you can, just try and avoid any of those um, supplementary runs and off-cycles uh, for the moment. That's a good point about supplemental runs, John. So thank you for sharing that. As we get ready to close this discussion, I want to pose a question to all of you. Now, I know we're early days in this pandemic, but I want to ask each of you to consider and share some things you've learned about people and processes during this time. Um, I've learned that people are very resilient. Um, I've learned that people are very good at collaborating, at finding creative problems to brand new situations they find themselves in. Um, I've learned that some people are, are dealing with this new normal um, in a better way than others. And, and I, I think as a company, we need to, to, to recognize that we can't all um, be super positive and happy about this all the time and, uh, and be aware of, of making sure we're picking up team members when we need to. Um, I don't know if you're seeing anything like that over in Costa Rica, Carlos. Yes, absolutely. And something else that I have seen this during this period is that, and I have mentioned that before, is that communication is, is key. Uh, not having your team or your colleagues uh, by your side um, makes things a, a little more difficult, but finding out that using cameras, the constant communication, just a message in the morning like, hey, good morning, how are you doing? And before the end of the day, have a nice day, see you tomorrow, really help us to stay united and, and keep, keep working as business as usual. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You, you're seeing some who are thriving um, through um, different working environments and others, as you say, John, that we need to um, go in and, and just be there to, to pick them up and carry them forward. And some of it is is only for a, period, a short period of time because everybody, when you're going through massive change that, you know, the first one or two weeks, it can be novelty, you know, working from home. And, but thereafter, if it, it goes in a bit longer, which obviously in different countries it is. And obviously we're at the start point, as you say, David, on this, um, that, you know, some people are going to have their dips and dives on this every so often. And they're just going to need, some people are really positive one week and the next week you just need to go in and say, no, come on, we're, we're okay here. Um, but it's also about sometimes just listening. Yeah. I, I think there's, that's that's a really good point. Is you know one thing that we've taken away, and certainly we hope all of you listening take away that there are probably folks in your organization that could use um, some kind words or some uh, more consistent engagement. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of the tools that we're deploying right now, a lot of these tools that are meant for working from home, were really set up for formal communication, formal working. But it's really figuring out, and certainly. With, uh, with my team, it's figuring out how to use all of these same tools for a lot of informal 
you know, even silly interactions, just so you can bring a little bit of levity uh, into an otherwise daunting news cycle. I think that something positive that we can take out of this situation is that uh, we as humans are understanding what it's really important, right? It's not uh, having a, a nice car or not going to the mall. It's staying uh, close to the people that we, to our families, to our loved ones, right? And a lot of people is missing that right now. People that is maybe, that is maybe not able to see their parents right now. And they are craving to to be able to do that. So that is showing us really what it's important. I'm going to agree with that. And also you can see that in different countries around the world where they come together on, on different evenings across the world in different countries um, with clapping for, the, for their different emergency services that are out there um, looking out for everyone. So mm -hmm. um, you can certainly see that there becomes more of a community aspect of it. And, and that's also seen how we work within and through and across different organizations too. So thank you very much for sharing all of this. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Payday Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and to listen to our previous episodes or to subscribe to future episodes, visit cloudpay.net.